Hello and welcome to today's episode of This Made Me Feel Things. My name is Catherine. I'm Alex. And this is our podcast where we discuss movies and sometimes TV shows that made us feel things or make us feel things. And today's episode, we're talking about Inside Out, which is chosen by Alex. Yes. So I'm just about to give you a little recap. If you haven't seen the film, there will be spoilers. We've got a lot to talk about with this movie. So if you want to watch the movie first, if you're ready, here we go. Please watch it. Please watch it. This is adorable. So Inside Out was released in 2015 from the Masters of Emotional Manipulation, aka Pixar Animation Studios. And it asks the big question of what the hell is going on inside my brain? Why do I feel all these emotions? And why do I have that jingle from a random ad I saw 10 years ago constantly stuck in my head? (laughs) All the answers will be addressed in the inside out. (laughs) The big questions. So the film takes us inside the mind of Riley from the day she was born, and we follow her five main emotions of joy, sadness, fear, disgust, and anger. As Riley goes through a dramatic, life-changing experience of changing schools as an 11-year-old, We see how her emotions go on their own dramatic adventures when joy and sadness accidentally get lost in the land of long-term memory. Since joy has been the guiding light for the team, keeping Riley the bubbly and happy child that she is, things get pretty complicated. So throughout the story, we learn the importance of keeping all our emotions in a healthy balance because nonstop joy is not realistic. And we need to feel and acknowledge all our feelings even sadness, in order to process the big motions in life and keep moving forward. And we do just want to say at the top here that this film is full of feelings and we both felt a lot of feelings during this thing. And some of them are a bit sad. We do talk a little bit about depression and topics like that. So if you're feeling a little bit sensitive, come and cry with us or take a break and catch up next time. Yeah, so great choice. Good one, Alex. Thanks. <laughs> yes, congratulations for liking this film. <laughs> yes, thank you. I think me and millions of other people. <laughs> the reason why I chose it is because last week we did your your movie that you watch whenever you're like want to cheer yourself up, which was Center Stage. Mm-hmm. This is a movie I watch when I want to cheer myself up, which is, I think, an interesting choice maybe to some because, you know, it's a movie that makes you cry. But that's why, and the movie sort of tells you why I love watching it because it's just such a, it's funny, it's really light, it just makes, it cheers me up at the end of it, if, especially if I'm feeling down or sad. It really is a cathartic experience to watch it for me. So I've watched it like a dozen, probably more than a dozen times. I love it. Do you remember the first time you watched this movie? The first time I watched it was when it came out in the movies. I saw it with my two friends that I went to China with at uni. And um, I remember just really loving it. I think one of my friends had seen it already and was like, you have to watch it, so I'll see it again. Um, And he's a guy, actually. Interesting. I just remember bawling my eyes out multiple times. Mm. And just as soon as it came to streaming, I just watched it almost immediately. And I just, I love it. It's just such an important movie. I think not just for kids but for adults as well because it's something that isn't – emotions aren't really discussed and I think there's emotions and feeling particular sadness is something that's hard to talk about and it's really important that we have something that discusses that or expresses that. It's something that seems so counterintuitive, the message of the film, that sadness is important and you can't just suppress it all the time. You have to 
you have to embrace it and you have to feel it. Which I think it came out at a really interesting time because I think at the time there was a real big emphasis on happiness and feeling happy. And I don't know if you remember, like there was this thing on Instagram for a while of like a hundred happy days and it was post a photo every day for a hundred days of a where you felt happy or whatever it was. Right. And I remember doing it. I started doing it and I remember feeling after about a month feeling like this, I don't feel good about this. I had to force myself to find something happy about a day even if it was a really shit day and I understand that there's value in doing that sometimes but I remember feeling like there's just something that doesn't feel right about this it felt almost toxic there's something toxic in sometimes in social media anyway right yes I remember it, it came out around that time and I remember being like this makes sense to me because we're forcing ourselves out of feeling any sadness and you know there's that concept of toxic positivity which I think is really important in this movie as well. Yeah, that's a really good way of putting it because it can be exhausting forcing yourself to feel emotions that you don't genuinely feel. Exactly. So the director, Pete Doctor, he has been a long-time Pixar director, writer, everything. I think he directed Up. Which is my favourite film. It's great and I'm sure we'll talk about it eventually. So he had a daughter who was a very happy, joyous kid, was always full of happiness and laughter up until the time she turned 11 or 12 and then apparently she just became very reserved very quiet and he said what happened to joy and that was literally Mm -hmm. the thesis of the movie is what happened to joy and he started writing the movie very early on he wanted to explore that concept but the protagonist joy's enemy or or partner in the film was fear because Mm -hmm. he said when he was growing up fear was what controlled him a lot of the time. Mm. And so he started writing this movie about fear and joy and he was like, there's nothing for joy to learn from fear, really. So he he felt like he came across a dead end of where that story was going. Like the whole writer's room was just like, we're just kind of stuck. And in I watched this really interesting YouTube video about, it was a screenwriting YouTube channel, but they talked about Inside Out. And they said, usually when you write a movie, you want to know what the character wants and what they need. So the character Joy, for example, wants Riley to be happy. That's her want. Yeah. But her need, she doesn't know yet, right? And then Pete Doctor was like, I don't know where this movie is going. Um, he went for a bushwalk one day and he recorded it so you can see it in the behind the scenes of the DVD of this bushwalk where he's like, you know, I'm starting to think to myself like, what would happen if everything was taken away from me? What would I miss the most or what would I need the most? relationships in his life like his connections to people Mm -hmm. and the reason why those relationships are so important to us is because we like the people we love the most we feel sadness with we feel anger with we're Mm -hmm. frustrated with we feel scared or anxious around them sometimes like without those emotions within those connections you know and, and including sadness and empathy like we don't have those strong relationships so you can literally see him on camera saying maybe the answer isn't joy it's actually sadness and that's mm. where the whole story came from, where Joy didn't need uh, didn't need Riley to be happy. She needed Riley to be sad in order to feel that joy, the happiness back again. So essentially he get, went through the same journey as Joy ends up going through in the movie, which is awesome. Oh, my God. Like It's like his life is a Pixar movie. <laughs> no. And so I thought it was really they have such clever writers and directors in Pixar Yeah, do they need like a psychology degree or something to work at Pixar? Well, they probably do. But they worked, I think they worked with a couple of psychologists to formulate the emotions behind the movie as well because obviously they picked the the main five characters 
and that's not all the emotions we have. Like, obviously, there's, there's, I think there's surprise and a few others, but they just narrowed it down to the core five. And that was done through working with psychologists to confirm that. Yeah. It just feels like such a, an intelligent film and it's such a good learning experience for a child and for an adult. Well, this is what I'm saying. And I think that's what the genius is, not just with Inside Out, but most Disney or even Pixar movies is that they somehow create something that a child is engaged with and they learn something from but also an adult can be like oh my god like Mm. I learned something and I cried at this movie yeah it's really such a beautiful story I really appreciated it it made me feel like I was learning something just learning some emotional intelligence from it did you was this the first the second time you watched it right Mm, I think it might only be the second time because I watched it in the cinema it made me feel like I had a new understanding of emotions it made me feel a bit empowered by that you know knowledge is power kind of feeling yeah yeah so it gave me that feeling of okay it's good and important to feel a range of emotions and like it's part of human life and it's important to understand what's going on and not to fight with yourself totally and I've seen I think this level of understanding takes a lot of emotional intelligence I think you mentioned before right and I think I've seen a lot of people who don't have that and do have that toxic positivity in terms of like not knowing how to regulate their sadness and instead Mm. cover it over with happiness or focusing on the positive which isn't healthy to do all the time and even when I talk to some of some people about this movie I had one response from a friend recently that was like oh is that the movie about depression yeah I don't think I like that movie and it's like it's really unfortunate that those people don't see the message in that because this movie isn't about depression that's something very different it's about emotions and embracing sadness which is very different to a movie about depression because depression is so much more than just sadness it's not like something bad happens and you feel sad for a few days it's so much more intense there's a really good quote that I got actually ties right into what you just said um from reddit because I did so much research for this because this movie just really fascinates me in just a very I'm always interested in psychology so I just went down this deep dive but someone on reddit about inside out wrote this and I had to quote it out because it's so spot on Depression isn't just about being sad and sadness isn't depression sadness is a healthy emotion while depression is a mental disorder Depression is a complicated illness that can involve different emotions and symptoms that can vary from person to person. Some people who suffer from depression feel a sense of numbness, not being able to feel any emotion at all, which is kind of what you see in the movie, right, when Riley Mm. is on the bus and Mm -hmm. um, fear, anger and disgust try and, like, change her mind and they're like, why, like, we, she should not be running away, this is bad. And then you see the console just grey over. Yes. And that is the feeling of numbness when you can't connect to your emotions at all. I feel like that is an insight sort of into depression, which is then when you let joy and sadness in, then you mm. can sort of, not saying that that cures depression, but it's a step towards that realization of your emotions and letting them out. Yeah, that feels that's a really good explanation. And it's a really good, very short visual representation of it. The disorder is like literally your emotional console just shutting down. It needs to be restarted. And that's why I found so many things about this movie is so brilliant, even their interpretation of the, the personality islands. Yes. It's just so genius. And like even the the core memories fueling your personalities even like when they go when joy and sadness go into get lost in the maze and then there's the the guys like sucking up the memories that don't matter to her anymore like all of that is just like 
this feels like this could be real, even though obviously it's a Pixar <laughs> movie. Like it's just so brilliant. It's a. It, I love the explanation. I love the long-term memory land yeah. and the way that they explain things and the way that they came up with the idea of just like there's a vacuum cleaner that cleans out the stuff that you stop thinking about. And also there's a random moment on the train of thought. Facts and opinions. Yeah, the facts and opinions fall out of boxes. And <laughs> Big Bong is like, oh, don't worry. This happens all the time. They all just get mixed up. <laughs> the dreamland. I love the dreamland. <gasps> so good. How they compare it to like a Hollywood. It's so, it's so clever. And imagination land with the imaginary boyfriends. And it's just so... I want to go back to the emotions and toxicity, like joy and sadness in a, in a minute, but two things are really clear in this movie, like central themes. One is obviously joy and sadness and mm-hmm. embracing sadness, but the other one is saying goodbye to childhood and you can tell this is written from a parent's perspective. Like Joy is essentially a parent to Riley, even though she is Riley. She's very much a parent, like from the beginning of when she sees her as a baby in the first scene to when after she has that first day of school where she cries and she's like, I'm not going to let anything happen to you. I think what they do really well is like when all the Isla personality, because Riley's going through something huge where she's moving school and like at a critical time in her life where she's 11 and starting to be aware of emotions and things. And when something significant happens, your personalities do change. And then you can see her then when they go to imagination land and they're rebuilding everything. Like there were teddy bears and castles mm-hmm. and glitter and that's getting replaced by imaginary boyfriends. And Oh yeah, I didn't I didn't make that connection before. Yeah. It's like there's literally people constructing, so yeah, we're taking this away. The the cart, Bing Bong's cart is going away because all mm-hmm. this stuff isn't important to Riley anymore. She's moving on and that's so hard. One, as a parent, I'm sure, not that I'm a parent, but like, you know, for Joy is like, but all these memories I keep so close, like all of the core memories of her as a child colouring and things like that. It's just, it's so clever that they're like, it's not just that she's going through all these emotions and embracing sadness, it's she's moving on from being a child to being a teen. Yeah, I didn't make that um, connection straight away. That like, I actually didn't think about it at all of why they were cleaning cleaning out Imagination Land. I've seen this so many times. <laughs> but that's such a good explanation of it. Yeah, the whole thing is so hard to see Bing Bong go throughout the movie. Like he had to have yeah. died. It's so sad, but what makes it even worse for me, I think what hits home for me is obviously it's sad anyway because it's such a heartbreaking scene. But also it is the final farewell to her childhood. It's an imaginary friend. And there is no room for that anymore, you know? Like it's just so, it's so sad. He's so brilliantly played. He's great. It's just the perfect character for an imaginary friend. Like the fact that he's made up of so many animals and fairy floss. And he has a rocket that is powered by by songs. He cries candy. The caramel ones are delicious. It's so great. And, like, you really grow attached to him as an audience member because he knows that he's losing Riley and that scene where sadness goes to him, I think it's really brilliant too because that's where Joy realises, first realises that sadness is important, right, because she tries Mm. and cheers him up by, like, basically trying to make him happy. By distracting him. Distracting him, which is what happens when I think we try and distract ourselves when we're feeling sad, right? And then what he really needs is sadness to be like, I'm so sorry this is happening. It's really sad that Riley's forgotten you. You must feel really bad about that. Yeah. And if you think about conversations you've had with friends where they do that to you, like it is what helps the most. It's such a powerful 
impossible phrase for somebody to say, yeah, that's really hard what you're going through. It's so important just to have that statement because then you can take a breath and be like, yeah, that's sad. And now I can move on. Yeah. It makes you really mourn for Bing Bong when he, like, you see him. The whole scene of the rocket is just so, the build up is great where they're just trying and trying. And he, he just, he's seeing like himself disappear. And he's like, I can't be there. Yeah. And when she finally makes it, and he, she, he looks back and he goes, Take her to the moon for me. Oh my God. Oh. I literally, I haven't watched it where I haven't cried and seen that scene. It's so beautiful. Do you think she'll be? rocket scientist because of bing bong that's what i want to that's what i want <laughs> to believe like you'd hope in the sequel that either she's a rocket scientist or, or an astronaut or something cool like that amazing who do you think was your favorite character or favorite emotion let's say favorite emotion sadness i remember really connecting with sadness the first time i watched it as well she's pretty funny as well very funny and she's so patient the whole movie like I don't know how to explain it. It's like she doesn't have the energy to fight with Joy. Well, I think all of the other emotions are like, yep, Joy's in charge. She's the boss. Like she, we don't have any, she's, we're backseat players to her. And Sadness doesn't really try hard to fight that. None of of them do, but Sadness particularly doesn't. Yeah. I mean, I guess Sadness has more um, reason to fight back because Joy is doing some things that are a little bit toxic, like putting her in the corner just making her read boring manuals and the circle I was reading that the putting sadness in the circle and making her stay there is a very important way of showing like it's extremely dangerous to suppress not dangerous but it's really like a really bad idea to try and suppress your emotions like that and to not let yourself feel things totally but also sadness is a bit of like a like she's a bit of a rebel. She as soon as Joy turns around, she obviously leaves the circle. She is the secret hero of the movie because she's the one who saves Riley in the end. And she knows so much as well. Like obviously she's read all these manuals, but in that last scene where Joy comes up with this idea of, of creating so many imaginary boyfriends to kind of fly across the thing. <laughs> I I'm like, what a ridiculous ending <laughs> to a movie. But sadness has already found herself a crying cloud to float over to. Like she's basically there already and Joy comes in and is like, I can save the day. How ridiculous. I watched, um, <laughs> just side note, I watched uh, How This Should Have Ended. You know How This Should Have Ended? I don't know. This. They're a YouTube channel. They do cartoon where they literally say how a movie should have ended in a cartoon form. So like how the Avengers should have ended, it would be like five minute skits. So they did one for Inside Out where they're like joy and sadness get into long-term memory. And you know how they, those workers send up the toothpaste ad. Yes. So like, <laughs> so joy and sadness going, Hey, can you send us up there through that? Yeah. I don't see why not. And that's how the movie ends. <laughs> Could have been over in five minutes. Yeah. And then they're like, yeah, it's not like we could make like a million boy- measuring boyfriends and go back up to headquarters. It's really funny. <laughs> but yeah, like to your point, it's so interesting how the avoidance of sadness has become um, not so much anymore these days, I think with movies like this or awareness of embracing sadness and things like that, but like how it became such a thing to like not feeling sad. No, no, no. Just just distract yourself. Watch a movie. Go for a walk. Mm. La, la, Like, and there's a lot of there was a lot of controversy. I don't know if you ever saw the meme. Did did you notice when we saw into the mother and father's head who was who was in control of their consoles? Yeah, so the mother it was sadness. Yeah. 
And the dad was anger. Yeah, so there was a lot of memes going like, oh, shit, does that mean that the mom is depressed and the dad is an abusive asshole? And, again, on Reddit, I was reading it. It was really interesting what people said. And it's like, no, what it is, is it's showing how, like, when you do have a handle over your emotions when you're an adult, the reason why the mom is controlled by sadness is that's empathy. So that's shown also through the movie when sadness talks to Bing Bong, right? Mm. But, like, when you're an adult, sadness, when it's controlled, is empathy and being able to connect with people, whereas anger is assertiveness. And you can say that with the dad. He's just more assertive. Um, and all the emotions aren't as distinct. They all basically act as one unit, unlike Riley where she's just figuring it out and they're all very distinct emotions, whereas in the mother and fathers, they're all working together. They're just driven by, like, empathy and assertiveness. Um, so I thought that was really interesting as well. Yeah, that is really interesting that as as an adult, they're all kind of, like, settle down and they cooperate better and more smoothly the dad's emotions were very um stereotyped (laughs) i was but it also made it pretty funny like it was funny the soccer thing and then the putting the foot down and thinking that was a success (laughs) that was hilarious and the mum's uh brazilian memory do you want to know who my favorite emotion is oh yeah shit i never asked tell me who is your favorite uh emotion can you guess feels like a trick question is it sadness as well okay i'll just tell you it's fear (laughs) oh really i never would have guessed that he's the funniest thing in the whole movie but is it because of bill Hader? it's because of bill Hader. (laughs) not not just because of bill Hader. i really love anxious characters because i'm an anxious and i was an anxious kid i'm an anxious person so i feel like when you see a representation of that and it's like exaggerated it makes you like it makes you laugh it, i don't know it just helps when you see an exaggerated version of what you felt i don't know but i i just love the slapstick nature of it as well where he's like literally when um when joy was waking everyone up with the playing the accordion crazily and then uh-huh. she's like fear and he's like ah! like immediately <laughs> and like when he wakes up from the dream he's like <laughs> just like he is like a very exaggerated like looney tunes cartoon Mm. in that like he's like loses his teeth when he's going up the thing and like i just i laugh so hard every time (laughs) every time i see fear and i love bill Hader. i like it just yeah all makes it for me but i love his little like over exaggerated anxiety just because i think it's it it sort of humanizes it a bit for me yeah totally so i love fear so much he's a good character i was a bit confused by disgust. Mm. It seems odd that it's such an important emotion to be the fifth character. It seems odd to me. Do you think it's an important emotion that keeps us safe in some way? Like if you're disgusted by something, it's because you're not sure if it's good for you? I think so. Yeah. I'm just thinking what kind of things make me feel disgusted. I guess I'm a bit of a germaphobe sometimes. You can probably put like disgust into many different sub-emotions of like, being annoyed at someone or being like judging someone or like I feel like if Mm. I feel disgust it's not like I'm disgusted at this or disgusted at this person yeah it's like this person really annoyed me today and I'm just and underneath that it's probably some form of disgust at something that they did or disgusting yourself or like annoyed at yourself or judging yourself maybe I don't know be interesting to read the psychology behind that yeah there wasn't much there wasn't much written about disgust I really liked um, Anger's newspaper. Oh, me too. And how the headlines were always changing. It was genius. <laughs> yeah. Anger, and I love that they had him voiced by like an older actor too, like an 80-year-old mm. actor. I feel like yeah. the casting, I, I do want to mention that the casting was 
perfect. Like Amy Poehler as Joy, I feel like if you had her voice by anyone else, she would have been annoying or like unlikable almost. But I don't know if you've seen Parks and Rec. I've seen bits of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so like she basically plays the same character, Leslie Nope as joy like she's a very similar character so i feel like and people recognize amy poehler's voice and then sadness is voiced by phyllis smith who was in the office Mm. um one of my favorite characters in the office and fun fact about how she got her to role in the office is she was the casting director or one of the casting assistants for the office Uh she was reading lines for this character in audition scenes and like do you just want to play this character (laughs) so she just inadvertently as as an older lady like became in one of the most successful tv shows of all time and then became sadness in inside out she has the perfect voice for sadness just she like really does really, like, like monotone drone of life i don't know yes i know but like seriously the best she's awesome mindy kaling as um disgust mm-hmm. awesome mm-hmm. bill hater is fear my one true love <laughs> and i can't remember the actor of anger but he's an older actor like in his 80s oh uh, Lewis Black, I think. Yes, that's it. The emotion, they were just casted so perfectly to express those emotions. The other thing I wanted to say about the emotions that stood out to me was the fact that Joy comes across as a little bit selfish throughout the film. Oh, yeah. Yep. Especially in the scene where she tries to go up the chute and she kicks Sadness out of the way. She's yes. like, I am so much more important than you. We don't need you. I have to go. Whereas the other characters, the other emotions, they really already work as a team. Fear, anger and disgust, they can straight away jump in together and be like, okay, we don't really know what we're doing. Or Joy would know what she's doing. We need to act like Joy. We, tr- we They have so much trust in Joy. And Sadness, is like she just gives over control to Joy when she knows that she shouldn't. But Joy just, she sometimes has trouble seeing the value in the other emotions. Which is why I think it's interesting that they personify these characters because Joy, I think, is almost a personification of what it feels like to go through something, like she's like go through something like that because she's like, I don't need, I don't need to feel this. I'm, I'm self-important. I'm confident. But you see her go through human emotions herself, even in that first scene of moving to San Francisco when Riley's in the house that lost all the furniture or it's late or whatever it is. And, you know, things are going worse and worse and worse. And they look to her and be like, Joy, what do we do? And you see her for the first time being like, uh, um, I don't know. Uh, okay, we're going to do this. <laughs> and it's like because she's so confident in herself and up until this point, like 11 years of Riley's life, her life's been majority happy. There's no reason for her to think that she would fail at this point, right? Which is, I feel like, something that you realise as a human sometimes too. And then when she sees that sadness is actually valuable, then it's like she probably rejected that to be like, no, I think I can still do this because her still her want is still to make Riley happy when she sees that the core memories are being influenced. So it's like she goes through her own character arc because she is like a character like that always has something to learn mm. because she thinks that she has nothing to learn, right? Mm-hmm. And then it's just so interesting because she can easily be an unlikable character and she is selfish and annoying the more you watch it. Yeah. But the way they humanize it and make her feel those sadness and emotions and realization that she comes around to seeing that sadness is the key, like she kind of redeems herself in a way. Yeah, because she learns and she accepts the she accepts the lesson. Yeah, and I think that last scene, I don't want to not talk about that last scene where mm. Um, they finally get back in and the console and just it's so beautifully done how like they're like okay joy you're back yep go and then she's like okay sadness your turn everyone's like sadness what and like 
Sadness knows exactly what to do. She knows exactly how to handle it. Mm. And they're having the, she's having the conversation with her parents, which is also so emotional. Mm, so good. Yeah. And beautiful. And then, even, like, when – and Joy's smiling at the whole thing and then Sadness looks at her and holds her hand and then they press the button together. Mm. That's so beautiful. It's just so perfect in the way they visualise that. Yeah. I feel like I felt that feeling – when you know have you've been crying for ages and you finally feel like you're finished and you have that last little shudder of breath yes and then you're okay yes and that was joy coming back and it was so good it's such a good explanation it's so brilliant in like a 90 minute kids movie to have shown all that you know what i mean <laughs> that's just why i love it so much because it's just so fascinating to me anything involving like vulnerability and human emotions I think is so important and I just get so passionate about it because I think it's just something that more people need to embrace more it's it's so Mm -hmm. hard to but it's just so important yeah I think it felt really important to me because I would say that I'm a very um, I can be a very emotional person like I feel emotions very strongly and I think it took me a long time to figure out how to feel those feelings how to acknowledge them and what to do with them Mm. so I think I'm the same as you like I'm constantly looking for ways to understand what's going on and how to how to manage things better and so this kind of movie it feels like such a valuable resource to help understand things and to to see things so clearly and visually so it really helps to in the same way that you're saying about the anxiety it helps to see things it helps to see that other people are feeling what you're feeling exactly it's the validation I think the validation yeah it's really important and the shared human experience I think mm. in this way because it's so universal that also that whole depiction of memories as well it's so interesting because I, I you never really think that like your whole when you look back in your life all of that is memories our life is majority memories mm-hmm. once they're gone right and a tie to every memory is an emotion attached to it mm-hmm. and you never really correlate that before like for example like I just left New York and came back to Australia so every time I think of New York now depending on the emotion I'm already feeling it's either a happy memory and I can feel of it fondly or sometimes it's really sad because I miss New York and it's a memory that's yeah. gone and it's so interesting to really when you think about it yeah it's so interesting to see how it's connected to like you remember it because of the feeling that you had at the time exactly and it's that's why I think it's so interesting where they showed a happy memory then get touched by sadness because and that's okay because it's something mm. that is gone and that's sad but then it can also bring you joy still sometimes as well. Yeah, I think it would have been interesting to see some of her core memories that weren't just yellow. I think all of her core memories were. Because <laughs> she's just a joyful person. Yeah, and she was young and I think that's the thing, like you're young so you don't have that many core memories yet and so that's why I think it they needed to show that breakdown of childhood's gone and as a teen it's a little bit more like all the islands of personality were combined emotions and then maybe as an adult the next step would be even more like you probably have way more core memories because you have more life Mm. lived since then so yeah it's just so interesting yeah I really feel like I want to see more at the inside out world like I want to see an adult going through an inside out experience and even an older teenager I would love to see Riley grown up and how she goes through her emotions yeah, what is she doing now? Then maybe they'll do it in 15 years when she's actually, like how they do a Toy Story and Andy when he was actually college oh, age. Yeah. Maybe they'll do that then. When she's uh, studying for the NASA program. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> 
I really enjoyed all the um, the side character jokes throughout the throughout the different sections. I think my favorite one was the two the two hat guys. Like it's my hat. No, it says it's my hat. It says it's my hat inside. <laughs> I knew that you would love that joke. I watched it and I was like, Catherine's gonna love the my hat my hat joke. I just knew it. I like it too, but it's a very Catherine joke. <laughs> you know me so well. I know. <laughs> I knew you were going to like that joke. <laughs> I, I know I already said it, but I, I really love the dream sequence, how they wake her up, how they wake Riley up with like, yeah. it's so chaotic, like the teacher <laughs> thing and then like they, the dog costume. That's so terrifying. Oh and I just love how, how fear is watching it being like, hmm, what's happening? And then when like Bing Bong comes in and ruins everything, he's like, boo, pick a plot line. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and then when like he finally wakes up because of the clown and then um he's just like rock yeah again rocking on the floor like oh and then we saw people and then uh, we were naked at school and then it's just like so good like oh, it's genius. genius it really is genius and the famous unicorn as well yes the beyonce unicorn like i'm like it has she has to have been based on beyonce yeah that makes sense <laughs> um what did you think about the parents hmm I mean, they were nice parents. <laughs> they were nice parents. Well, that's one thing actually is interesting that I was thinking is like this movie could only apply to anyone in a balanced household. Yeah. You couldn't, it doesn't really apply to anyone who's from a neglectful household or that audience could only be seen, not not that anyone else couldn't see the movie, but you can only really relate to it if you had a balanced upbringing, I think. It, that, it's that kind of environment that creates that gives you a good grounding for emotional intelligence. You need people who have been through this before to explain to you or to help you understand what's going on. Like the fact that her mum sees that she's upset, she's had a bad day and she takes the time to talk to her. And Or her dad comes in later on and says, look, that didn't really go that well downstairs. It's not addressed at all, but it's um, if you don't have, if you don't have a safe environment, you're never going to be able to have those emotional lessons and experiences at 11 years old yes I think if you come from a background of trauma or neglect I don't think you have those balanced emotions I don't think you could have the message in the same way because I don't think you you get a chance and also what's interesting is they don't show the relationship between the brain and the emotions which is another important thing and that's something else that comes up when you experience trauma, like your brain development is different. So therefore your emotions are different. So yeah, I think the word you say is like safe. Because I mean, that's what we were saying before. All her core memories are a joy. Yeah. She hasn't experienced any trauma. She hasn't experienced anything that's really negative. Again, that's why the change is so sudden and drastic is because up until 11 years old, that's the only experience she's had is stability and, and you know, family and friends that she's always had. So that's why the change is so dramatic at that age. So I think it could only be shared through that experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you feel like you had an experience like that growing up where it changed so much about your personality that you remember? Yeah, I mean, I had I had a very, like, safe, secure, stable, happy childhood like when I think of myself before 11 years old, I only have yellow core memories. And then, I mean, puberty changes everything. I guess a big change for me was going from homeschool to real school. Mm. I mean, not real school because every homeschool is real as well. Yeah. <laughs> Institutionalized school. Yeah. School with other children my age. 
that was a huge shock in terms of like learning how to relate to other people, learning how to spend five days with other people. Yeah, outside of your family. Outside of my family and having stuff to talk about all the time. I think it's still it's still something that makes me the most nervous. Whenever I go to a social um, environment, I'm always scared that I'm going to run out of things to say. Oh, really? And I'm not going to be interesting. Oh. And yeah, I don't know if that's because I spent so much time in my own world as a child. Maybe. But anyway, yeah, that was... <laughs> That would have been my um, big emotional experience. Do you think you had something like that? I don't know if I did as a child. I guess the only similar one would be going from primary school to high school. That was pretty, that felt big for me at the time, even though I didn't move areas. I was still in the same area and I had some friends that went to the same school, but I didn't have any friends in my class. I felt very self-conscious, like going from a very small uh, primary school to like a big high school. I just coincided with puberty anyway you know like mm. just going through like who am I who are my friends just I was like I said an anxious kid so I think that was a huge shock to the system as well and I think even like that that realization that you could be judged as a person I think I realized mm-hmm. just before then or I had a friend tell me that I was annoying I was 11 or 12 oh. yeah that and that was a huge like turning point for me being like oh my god people have people have judgments about me oh my god God, I could. <laughs> like that totally changed who I was as a person for sure. Again, not as significant as moving away or you know anything like that, mm. or going from homeschool to to school, school. actual school. <laughs> I don't know what to call it either now. But yeah, so like that was a massive thing, and it probably did change my personality at the time. But that's a common thing that people say about the transition from primary school to high school. Because in year six, you're like, you're the oldest, you're in the oldest group. Yeah. And you feel like you own the school. Yeah. And then you go back to the start in year seven. Exactly. And you feel like a puny loser kid again. Yeah. And you have to start from scratch. You have to make new friends. You have to socialize again. And it's in a different context because you're not a kid where it doesn't matter. You're not aware of emotions yet. Mm. You can do whatever dumb thing and nobody remembers it the next day when you're a kid. But when you're a teen or preteen, everything matters. Everything feels like it matters so much more. And I think that's it's just a daunting feeling. I remember feeling a lot as well. Like I had to pretend like I knew more than I knew Oh, yeah. You want to fit in. Because you want to fit in. You want to be like, you don't want to be the one that doesn't know anything. What do you think your islands of personality would be? Oh, that's a good mm. question. Um, There would be a creative island. Mm, definitely. Because I'm very passionate about drawing. Even though <laughs> I don't do it very much anymore. I'm too busy with other things. But you do it for a career as well. Yeah, that's true. There would be a gardening island, which because I'm a secret grandma, it would be um, a very big <laughs> big island and there would be a friendship island Mm. what would your islands be I don't know I'm very bad at pinpointing when people ask me what my hobbies are I'm like I don't know everything existing existing I feel like my islands might be oh my gosh but there would be a big music one there would be a massive music one that's true um, but it wouldn't be like a specific music island. It would be like just an island with a headphones and like, a I don't know, like a dance floor. <laughs> that would be my islands because I like dancing to music as well, like dumbly, like not professionally. Um, uh, there'd probably be a like exercise island. Don't love it, but it's part of my life. And your friendship island would be big. My, I've got a big friendship island. I do love my friends. A big family, my parent island. I'd have a big three like it's similar to Riley's with the mm. with the child in the middle and the two parents 
Food island. Oh, God, why didn't I think of that? Oh, my God, a huge foodie island with every food in the universe. And it would just be a rolling buffet course. Like every. Oh, yes. Yeah, like if it, only one island, it would be the food island for sure. <laughs> you would have a good comedy island too. I probably would have some kind of comedy island. It's yeah. still evolving. That's a really interesting question. Right? Mm. I like thinking about it. And also, like, I can see where there might have been other islands in the past of mine that might have collapsed is a really dramatic term, but might have dissolved away by now, you know what I mean? Morphed into something else. Yeah, I would I would say I had, like, a performing island that has mm. gone down into the dump. And uh, fashion, fashion designer. Oh, yeah. Yeah, although that's changed. Mm. Uh, we probably both have like movie entertainment islands. Clearly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and now we have like a big podcast with yes. microphone in the middle of our islands. <laughs> that's a really good, it's, I like thinking, this is why I love, I love movies that make me think more about like existential things and like mm. how does this apply to me and other people that I know. It's just, I love recommending this movie to people I think more people should watch this especially people who find it hard to embrace sadness in their life Mm because it's such an important important educational tool like for you you said like it made you really understand it was like a knowledge experience Mm. like I, I hope more people have that because it's so important to see things like movies like this to relate to your life especially when it's regard to something so important like your mental health yes and processing sadness not being a bad thing at all um i wish some of my friends that i have thought of i really hope that they can one day like if this is a vessel to help them realize that then that would be great yeah although like like you said before that some people have responded that it's just a movie about depression and they don't like it sometimes the lesson can be right there in front of you and they're not going to interpret it in the same way that you would or that i would yeah and i think like even that last scene where where riley can finally cry and go to someone that's a sign of maturity and emotional maturity and i think some people just take longer to get there mm-hmm. if they ever do and you know that's it's sometimes you know that's okay too i suppose but i i like personally and i'm sure you do too that i can watch me like this and really relate to it and i, I feel grateful that i have uh self-awareness because i think that's really important yeah i think self-awareness is so important in processing all of this yeah i have a quick info oh, yeah, great. Peak Doctor, the director, also said that when they were designing the characters, um, the visual design, I think you would like this as a designer, drawer. So they wanted to capture what the emotions felt like. So he said Mm. anger is like a brick. Like, you know, when Uh you're angry, you're just like, "Mm." like, so he's a little short little brick. And I love that he's like little man syndrome. Yes. It was like a vein or like a kinked up nerve that just won't go away. And so he's always like curled over and like fidgety and that's why he's so like looney tunesy so i love that disgust is modeled after broccoli like the green the sadness is like an upside down teardrop so her her body is like bigger on the top and then her feet going like that it's pretty it's pretty cute and then joy was like a explosion you could see her like she had rays of sunshine and she's just an mm-hmm. explosion of happiness and the sun sunshine mm-hmm. but what, i don't know if you realize her hair is blue ah uh, yes i was just about to say this so she wasn't she wasn't entirely yellow she's already got the mix of like the yellow body and the blue hair and the green dress yes genius very genius loved it yes great
I think we've talked about everything I wanted to. I think we've touched everything. Touched the core memory. We have touched some core memories. I think we've also made a core memory today. <laughs> we probably did make a core memory today. It's coming out and it's it's blue and yellow for me. Blue? Why blue? Yeah, because we talked about like emotions. Oh, that's nice. But blue and yellow are important accommodations. They are. Oh, also, just quickly, did you notice that her, the personality islands at the end, um, the vampire romance island? Oh, yes. <laughs> is, is green and purple? For fear and disgust. <gasps> I and I saw it. someone commented on YouTube or something being like, that is perfect because it's like you're embarrassed to love it, but it's it's just <laughs> it's just so good and you're worried what people are gonna think of you about it. It's so great. <laughs> oh my god. Well, on that note, how did uh watching Inside Out for the one month time make you feel? Oh, all the emotions. It honestly it makes me feel so sad like I honestly I watch it every time I already feel sad I watched it recently because I was having a bit of a sad patch and so it makes me feel sad but then it really it genuinely makes me feel joy because it really it for me is something to connect to and again makes me it's it's empathizing if that makes sense empathetic Mm. and it makes me feel very um nostalgic every time I watch this about my childhood because it's such a beautifully written like I said, glimpse into that loss of childhood. And I feel nostalgic for my own because I have a very, you know me, I have a very strong long-term memory. My long-term memory would be ridiculous. That's just all (laughs) there. And I have so many strong memories of my childhood that it's nostalgic to me to think back on because it's such an innocence that's Mm -hmm. then lost over time. How about you? How did Inside Out make you feel? Yeah, Inside Out, I think it made me feel really calm. Mm. It made me feel... Like I understood my emotions a bit Mm. better and that gives me a sense of peace. Mm. I like that. Yeah. It's what I feel a few days after therapy where I feel like, okay, I've spoken about this. I felt the emotions. I understand. It's cathartic. It's cathartic. Yeah. This movie is very cathartic to me, which is why I always Mm. watch it. I think that's why we watch movies that we have movies that we watch when we feel certain things because it's a cathartic experience to have the emotions you need to t- tap into. Yeah, like you can see it happening in front of you and you can connect to it and you can really feel the emotion. Yeah. So, Catherine, what would you like to watch next time on This Made Us Feel Things? Okay, so one of the movies that I wanted to talk about is one of my all-time favourites um, called You've Got Mail. Oh, interesting. Actually, it's called You've Got Mail. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh, jeez. Wow. What a blast from the past. All right. I'm down to watch that. That'll be interesting. I think it's going to be fun. Yeah, I haven't seen that movie in ages. So let's do that. Cool. (laughs) Looking forward to it. Thank you for listening to today's episode of This Made Me Feel Things. If you liked it, please subscribe, tell your friends, tell everybody about it. You can find us at the club. You can find us at the club. That really caught me off guard. Sorry. (laughs) You can find us at. You can find us at This Made Me Feel Things on Instagram and tell us how you felt about Inside Out. Anyway, yeah, find us, like us, and see you next time. See you next time. Goodbye.